0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the goddamn podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett. What's the date? Tuesday, uh, something the 22nd, May. May the 22nd. That reminds me, my friend Julie. I still haven't called her for her birthday. That was May 5th. I told her on May 5th, I'm busy right now. I will call you tomorrow. And like a reasonable person, she responded, absolutely, talk to you tomorrow. You know, it's May 22nd now. And I know that uh, occasionally people who know Julie listen to this podcast, maybe even Julie herself. So someone relay the message to her that I know I'm an asshole, all right? I know that. I'm not trying to fool anybody, certainly not myself. I just, I don't, I'm like that. I just, I always say I'll do that thing tomorrow and then I don't do it. You guys, you got to be proactive. You got to do it. You got to do it when, when it's people's birthday. You call them on their actual birthday. If you let it go one day, you'll let it go forever. I'm already too warm. I'm already too warm. I'm here in the uh, XC60 recording studio, and I'm trying not to turn the the recording studio on. It's it's a car. Okay. A, technically, an SUV, a sports utility vehicle is where I'm recording out of. As As many of you know long time listeners to the podcast you guys know i go down to the parking garage of the old apartment building and i tell you what i don't want to turn this car on the old prius oh god love the old prius recording studio i would turn that thing on down here didn't give a shit you know why didn't burn any gas it just it was just idling on the battery oh my god and then the the gas engine would charge the battery when i would drive it and then and I can record my podcast all day long with, with no repercussions. But so right now it's it's kind of humid down here, right? So I want to turn on the air conditioning, but I'm so conscious of the gas in this lovely car. Guys, I love it. All right, I love the vehicle. It's amazing. Even my my uh, older brother, who is a not a car snob, just a a psycho. Uh, a speed psycho. He just loves powerful cars. He drives very, uh, like, like he's in the Indy 500. He just, he needs performance. That's his thing. So he was always against the SUVs, you know? And I, when I tell him we're getting the Volvo, he's like, oh, yeah, that's a nice car, I hear. But, you know, he didn't mean it. So anyway, he test drove the thing yesterday. And he was like, Jesus H. Christ. He's thinking about getting one. That's how much he loved it. So even a guy like that, and that's not why I got it, guys. I'm a, I'm a different man, all right? I I enjoy the safety features, you know? Guys, I'm, I'm no daredevil. I'm not walking around with, with a jean jacket that has leather sleeves, you know, with some kind of biker slogan on the back, maybe, maybe a Stars and stripes bandana. And obviously a Fu Manchu mustache. I don't have those things. I'm a, I'm a simple man who's just trying to be good to his family. I I want the safety features. And we all know Volvos are big on the safety features. So that's my thing. But hey, if it's great to drive, so be it. Anyway, this is all to say I'm not shitting on the car. It, I love it. It was an excellent decision in the sense that I just drove to Ottawa and back with the fam. We had Oh, and we had to go to Montreal in the middle of our Ottawa trip to see uh, a wedding that was so fucking long. Oh, my God. That wedding was long. I'll get into it. lovely wedding. Thanks so much for having me. But it was fucking long. So uh, drove all the way to Ottawa. And then in Ottawa, my my wife's parents were visiting from Africa because, guys, I am diluting this gene pool. All right. My wife, half Egyptian, grew up in Africa. I don't know what that has to do with her genetics, but it's far away from where I grew up. I'll tell you that much. Not a whole lot of chance of crossbreeding when, you know, you marry some lady from like literally the other side of the globe. You know what I mean? Not too many Newfoundlanders have married West Africans. I'm going to go on record and say that, that not too many have. But I'm one of them, right? Because, guys, I got I to gotta start fucking splicing up this gene pool. I got the bad bones. And according to all my doctors who say it not delicately one little bit, they're saying I got the bad bones because of all the, the the inbreeding in my small province that was colonized in in the 1400s. You know, 1492, right? Cabot sailed the ocean blue. And uh, that's where he landed. He landed in Newfoundland, and that's when everybody started having sex with their cousins. Man, it's hot in here. And I'm not turning it on. I'm not turning on. I'll tell you why. See, this is the whole point of this thing before I lost track is that uh I can't turn on the car because it cost me the first fill-up was $95, and the second fill-up was $97. And uh it's a it's and it's not even a huge tank. It's a 65-liter tank. And the car is actually better on gas than almost every other SUV certainly in it in, in in its class it's the best, most fuel efficient SUV it gets like like 27 28 miles per gallon on the highway it's actually, that's actually pretty good but compared to my pretty little prius oh guys it's it's literally double i mean you drive it as as good as you can it is double the gas and and this thing only takes premium gas because it has one of those engines that Dickies like my brother enjoy. They're like, "Ah, I need to be able to stomp on the pedal and go 100 billion miles an hour. So it has this turbocharged engine that I don't fucking need, but it has it. So, of course, it needs premium gas, minimum 91 premium. And this is why this is fucking why I can't buy a house. All right. Right now in Canada, it's the worst housing bubble in the history of Canada. Some people are saying it's the worst housing bubble in the world. Like and it's currently definitely the worst housing bubble in the world, but I mean history. That's how bad the housing bubble is in Canada, especially Toronto where I live. Now, the reason, all right? People have said Canada's in a housing bubble since like 2007. Right? For those of you who can't do math, that was 11 years ago. So it's just been Houses have gone up thousands of percent. It's insane. And I know that me and, me and my wife, we've been looking. We've been looking at houses for the last couple of years, just getting the lay of the land, walking into little shit shacks, basically an outhouse with an overflowing toilet. And they're like, that'll be a million five. And I'm like, well, are you going to at least clean up the sewage? They're like, oh, no, as is. No inspection report. So I'm like, fuck this place, right? Because, I mean, I'd I'd take this outhouse, guys, if it had three bedrooms. But it has two. All right? So, I know the second I sign a fucking paper for that house is when when the housing crash will happen. They will literally have a picture of me in the paper saying, this is the guy. He was the last person who bought a ridiculously priced house before it it all dropped by 95%. And here's how I know that, guys. How long did I have the Prius? Guys, quick quiz. Anyone know? You should. The 2010 Prius. Driving it proudly for eight years, guys. The 2010 Prius. Prius. The first year, they changed the body shape to the less bad body shape. Their new body shape is now bad again. I had the only version of the Prius that people seem to kind of like, and that was the 2010. I think that that body shape stayed the same from 2010 to 2014. That was another benefit. Here I was in 2014. People still think I had a brand new car. No, sir. They just didn't change the body. Anyhoosels. The. Uh, Driving the thing for eight years. We finally, we break down, all right, to go. My back is killing me. We're driving around a lot. Wife's got no room in the back seat there trying to entertain the little toddler. And God knows these fucking strollers and these goddamn car seats are too big. So we break down and we buy one. And this was the weekend this past week, all right, that we're actually driving the car for the first time. We drive it to Ottawa. That's, that's why we got it when we did. Like, there's, there's the, the model we wanted. And you guys know, I, I outlined this on, on a previous podcast. But the model we got was not the model we originally tried to get. This one is a more expensive car. The one, the less expensive one, which is a very similar car, that wasn't going to be ready for two months. Going to have to wait for the 2019 models. So the guy who tried really hard to sell us, An upgraded model of the one we wanted. And here's the thing. He won. He sold it to us because we needed the car early, in my opinion. Because we were going to do all this summer driving, guys. That's my whole point. All right? And I was right in the sense that it was really nice to have this car for all of the fucking driving we did. Because, uh, like I said, uh, Sarah's parents were visiting from all West Africa. But they were staying with their son, all right? That's my wife's brother, in case you don't know how families work. And uh, we had to visit them every single day, but they live 30 minutes away from where my brother lives, and that's who we were staying with. So literally an hour drive straight every single day. So we we had to drive to Ottawa, which is four and a half hours away, then an hour drive every day, then don't forget we gotta go to Montreal for a two and a half hour drive there and back. Because of some wedding we had to go to in the middle of it. So let me tell you something. When I say I was very glad to have a more comfortable car. All right, with a with a with a smooth drive and a luxurious interior. But here's the thing: the prices in Ontario hit an all-time high for gas this weekend. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? I had a Prius, a 2010 Prius, that I drove proudly for eight years and the weekend where it would be most advantageous to have the Prius and most disadvantaged to have a gas-guzzling premium vehicle was the very weekend we gave away the Prius and picked up this fucking thing. That's why I can't buy a goddamn house. All right? I just... It's exactly... like It's like a joke. It was like a joke. If I, if I had seen the news... That gas prices are hitting all-time high in Ontario. Driving my Prius. Man, I, I would have been laughing. You know, and maybe, that, maybe that's why. It's karma, right? The world knows I would be laughing. They're going, you suckers, driving your fancy car, spending $100 on a fill-up. Look at me and my Prius. Oh, now don't y'all wish you were me. That's the type of shit I'd be saying. And that's when karma, that's what it does. It bites you right, right in the ball sack. Fuck's sakes. It's a good lesson. Don't be such a goddamn dick. I just looked down at the recorder. I wasn't even sure if I had turned it on. Probably no one's listening. Probably when I started my podcast was the exact worst time in history to start a podcast, and no one's going to listen to it, and then I'll stop podcasting, and that'll be the absolute best time to start a podcast. That's the type of shit. And you know what? Like I'm not even kidding around. That's the type of shit that I've been doing forever there's there's a car alarm going off in this fucking parking garage holy shit it's not even a car alarm it's just somebody leaning on a horn what is going on here i may get murdered or i may murder someone you guys check the news to find out it'll be the story right after uh the most expensive gas in ontario's history And the uh, continuation of a housing bubble because Mark Bennett did not buy a house yet. So, like when I went down to Los Angeles, Los Angeles, California, to do the old comedy thing. it It was one of the worst times for the entertainment industry in Los Angeles ever. For reals. All right? No, it wasn't, you know, that communist... What, what did they call that? The blacklist? It wasn't that period of time. I grant you that was worse, right? But when I went down, the actors went on strike and the writers went on strike. So Hollywood had ground to a halt for like a year and I had a three-year visa. That's the kind of shit that I do. I time things just perfectly wrong. Still don't regret the car, but I'm just... I'm beside myself. I'm beside myself with yet another example of how I do everything exactly at the wrong fucking time. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell my wife, from now on, you make every goddamn decision in this house, all right? For stuff that, like, I don't care about things like houses and shit like that. Like you don't get to decide, you don't get to decide like whether or not I watch the hockey game, you know what I mean? Or whether or not I I take that pink doll away from my boy. You don't get to make those decisions. But decisions pertaining to timing? Absolutely. You got it. You know? Like I'll be like, "Hey, do you think I should drink this milk?" And she'd be like, "No, it expired 3 years ago." I'll be like, good call. If, that's the thing. Maybe I'll come on this podcast and tell you I bought a house. But no, rest assured, it wouldn't be my decision. Alright? It's it's gotta be it's gotta be her. Because I can't I can't do this shit right. Oh, it's too warm, but I'm not turning it on. I'll say this. Guys, do you know how much fucking gas you can save? Like, here's the thing. I make I make terrible time decisions, but you know what, guys? I turned that lemon. Turn that lemon into a delicious fucking lemon smoothie. Not even lemonade. Not good enough. Smoothie. A little hint of lemon. Do A little whipped cream on top. Delicious. You, what I, what I have learned, is because the gas, I always do this type of thing, right? When, when I find, When I figure out that I got screwed over by factors that seemingly are out of my control, God damn it, the way I time things, I I must, they must be somewhere in my control, but I think to myself, how can I possibly save more money on this car and the gas and two things happen. Number one, my wife, my wife, my wife, that's, that's from Bill Burr's podcast, which I still listen to. And, uh, He's always doing a Borat impression. And every time he says, my wife, he goes, my wife. So now it's stuck in my head. But uh, the fuck was I talking about? Right. So my wife, she downloaded an app. And this is from the advice of of her insurance company. We got the old Desjardins insurance. I don't fucking know, guys. Uh, And my wife handles that shit. Because she's the responsible adult. She has a job. She is not a stand-up comic. She does not move to Los Angeles at a bad time. She was privy to this decision, of course, to buy the Volvo at the time. However, it was her recommendation to wait for the 2019 model, the one we wanted. So A, it would have been at least $10,000 cheaper, if not more. B, uh, probably gas prices will be at an all-time low when that happens. But I was like, sweetie, honey, baby face." gorgeous doll. Oh, just calm your pretty little empty head. We need this car now. We got lots of driving to do. God damn it. This will be the right decision. That's what I said to her. And she was like, you okay, you know us best. Lovey face. We have great nicknames for each other. And, uh, fucking you guys know what happened, right? If you don't just rewind the podcast, do you rewind these days? How does it work? You skip, skip back, use your, use your, your finger, just, just grease your finger across your screen. Leave a big thing. I'll say this about the Volvo. It has a big, giant, lovely screen for the map and all the other shit that comes with it, but it's a, it's a touch screen. So it like, unless you clean it every five seconds, it kind of looks disgusting. So it's great, but gross. So I, it even comes with a little wipey thing. And it tells you wipe this often because it's a fingerprint magnet. You are like, yeah, you're not joking. And uh, now I've <laughs> now I've completely lost my train of thought, partly because I'm so goddamn hot. I just but I, I refuse to turn on the car. That's it. I remembered now because I refuse to turn on the car. So my wife, she calls the insurance company. And uh, she says, how much is our insurance on this new car? Expecting it to be much more expensive. Now, the, the model we wanted, the T5, okay, we wanted the, the XC60, the T5 version. And that one, it's less powerful. So my brother would like it less. But it also doesn't even need premium gas. Think about that type of money. Anywho, the insurance company said, it's actually the insurance on that car is cheaper than your Prius. And Sarah was like, really? Because the Prius is a much less expensive car. And they were like, yeah, but it's all the safety features on this, that Volvo. It's, you know, it's great. And uh, so we were like thrilled. We finally, something finally broke our way. But then when we couldn't get the T5 and I made the executive decision to get the T6 because we need it early. they, uh, They said that insurance is more expensive. It's the same as your Prius. But more expensive with the T6 that we have now, that's more expensive than the T5 insurance because of all that extra pickup, all the extra giddy up. Those those horses, somebody's got to feed them. Those oats cost money. So um, we were bummed, right? Because here you are buying a much more expensive car, but at least you had that, hey, our insurance is a little less. That's a nice thing. And then they kick you in the teeth with this shit. So my wife said, is there anything we can do to lower the insurance? She gives him one of those. What could we do here? And the guy was like, hey, well, do you have our app? She's like, no, what's that? She goes, yeah, there's an app where if you drive the car safely, it's on your iPhone. It tracks you through GPS. And if you drive the car safely, you can save up to 25% on your insurance. We're like, what? So the guy sent us a link. So let me tell you something. And apparently, this app—it's Adjusto—it's called. And I'm not even sure you have to be with Desjardins. I think that you can send your driving habits to any of the uh, any of the insurance companies, but certainly with Desjardins, it's it's linked right to them. And so some people are worried about oh my privacy. They know if I'm going to Costco. Who gives a flying fuck? Of course you're going to Costco. You live in. The suburbs in Ottawa, you go to Costco. Jesus Christ, I go to Costco. I didn't plan to, but my that's where my medication is. There's no other phosphorus around for my shitty bones anywhere but Costco. So I have to go there. So now I have an SUV and I go to Costco. I know, right? What happened? I used to be the guy with the jean jacket and the leather sleeves. The Fu Manchu. Now what? What am I now? Right? I'm like Danny Tanner from fucking Full House. And um. Anyway, you can get this app. And uh, at first, totally fucked it up. Right? Like I just drive. Like I was driving around normal, and my scores they weren't that bad, but they. But like when I looked at the savings, they were like 67, 70, stuff like that. They were saying, oh, you, you braked too hard or you took a corner too fast. Those are the big hits. If you brake really hard or you corner really fast, they, uh, they, they ding you big time. If you speed, they, they, they allow you up to 15 kilometers over the speed limit, which isn't bad. So if the speed limit is 100, you go 115, you're fine. But you go 120, and it says you're speeding, but it doesn't ding you that hard for the speed, I noticed. It's it's really the hard cornering and the hard braking. They also have don't drive during rush hour because that increases your chance of an accident, and don't drive late at night, uh, and don't drive for super long trips. So those are things that will lower your score a little bit. I lo- I noticed those things don't lower your score that much. It's really about if you drive smooth, you can get pretty high scores. So I figured that out pretty quickly, and they have a couple of accident, not accident, a couple of. Uh, forgivenesses. So you get three do-overs where you can just erase it. And since it took me a minute to figure it out, like how I need to drive, how carefully I need to drive, because I'm not a nutcase. I'm not like my brother, fucking zipping around, you know, putting a car up on two wheels. I I drive pretty... uh, To me, I thought I drove very uh, conservatively. Turns out that, uh, not totally, I, I have some aggressive tendencies. So I started driving around like an old lady. And uh, and at first it was impossible. But then when I got my first like 97 score. And then I got a fucking 100 on another trip. Oh, the juices start flowing. You start getting that competitive spirit. All of a sudden, I know. Like I'm driving around Ottawa. Because that's where we were. And uh, people are like behind me going, Jesus Christ. How, how slow is this guy going to take this turn? But I don't care, man. I don't give a shit. I'm all about the app going home, seeing that hundred score, it gets me going. I was taking, and because short trips make a difference, I was taking all these little drives, you know, to the drugstore, and sometimes just around the block, just to get another hundred to raise the average. Guys, I am at 95 out of a hundred right now, and it, it tracks you for a hundred days, and and at least a thousand kilometers. So we've driven, like, 400 kilometers that the app has logged, because it doesn't log you all the time, like, uh, it's, uh, it's if your battery is like less than 20% or something like that, the GPS thing will turn off because it doesn't want to drain your phone. So it hasn't been monitoring me every minute of every day or every trip. And of course, if you don't have your phone with you, it's not going to monitor it at all. So, um, but the 400 kilometers, it has monitored us. I'm fucking killing it at first. No, but I've made up for it by, by getting rid of a couple of trips and, uh, than just learning how to drive. And so I'm talking to my wife. I'm like, man, when this app is over, though, I can start getting back to normal, driving a little bit better, you know? Like, is it driving you nuts in the back seat with the baby there, driving so uh, slow? And she was like, no, it's been fucking great. She doesn't say fucking, but I threw that in for emphasis. She said, it's been great. I'm not getting carsick back here. I was like, you were getting carsick before? She was like, oh, yeah. You know, you were sloshing us around the back seat. Me and the baby were always like, oh, well, uh, how about that? You know? And now I'm kind of enjoying it. Today, I drove home 400 kilometers from my brother's house to my place. And I had it on cruise control on a, at 110 on the highway. And it was glorious. Because A, we have the more comfortable car. But B, you know, just the idea that you know you're not getting pulled over. You know, I stayed in the center lane, or if there was a a right lane, depending on, you know, the number of lanes. Now, I'm just driving around casually, just foot off the gas, cruise control just going, and saving the gas. This is the thing, guys, that I didn't see coming, right? Just trying to save the money on the insurance. And at first, my goal was to get 20% to get 20% off cuz you you get like an 86 out of 100 overall you get like 20% off I'm like that's good man that's all I need if I get that I'll be happy but I currently have 24% off because I'm driving 95 you have to drive a 97 to get 25% off and I think that's a little you're at you're asking too much Christ almighty you can't be perfect every single time you know what I mean a 24% off when the max is 25? Driving a 95? So I'm I'm as happy as a pig in shit with that, right? But then it turns out there's another benefit, ladies and gentlemen. Will you listen to this? It turns out if you drive this way, you save gas and you're all like, Mac, we know! Jesus Christ! Don't be such a fucking asshole. We know that. Do you know it can save you 30%? Or more? I don't know if it's more. But it's You can save, they say, between 20 and 30% on your gas if you drive, you know, smoothly. And since I'm driving uber smooth, I'm driving 95 smooth. You should see this fucking thing. So, like, yes, it cost me $98 to fill up my tank. But when I, I filled it up yesterday and I drove home today back to Toronto, from Ottawa, and I have more than half a tank of gas. It says I still have at least 500 kilometers to drive, which means I could turn around right now and drive straight back to my brother's over four hours away, and I would stay on that one tank of gas. So that's not that bad, right? That is, that's not that bad. It's still more than the Prius, of course, and also, if I'd been driving the Prius this conservatively, then it would it would be even a more striking difference. But here's the thing, guys. I never drove the Prius that way because I was always saving so much on the gas. Why put yourself through the extra effort? Plus, I didn't know about this Desjardins app, you know, where I could save 25%. So now I'm going to save 24% on my insurance, which is, we, we did out the math. It's like 350 bucks for the year. Right, and I'll save thirty percent on my gas. So if we're, if gas costs a hundred bucks a fill up, you're talking about saving thirty dollars every single time. You know, let's say you fill up the tank, you know, uh, ten times. That's that's it. <laughs> ten times that'd be three hundred dollars. You're going to do a lot more than that. Let's say twenty. Right, you fill up the tank for the year. That's six hundred bucks right there. Six hundred bucks plus. Talking about like a thousand dollars, more or less. And that's even if you don't drive that much, that's not, That's just filling up the tank twice a month. Do you know what I mean? Although I'm not sure I just did the math on that right because I did a 10-month. twenty uh, For 20 months, if you fill up twice a month for 20 months and you save 25% on your insurance, you're saving like $1,000 a year. That's not nothing. You know? And I would have never known any of these things except that, you know, we bought the car at the wrong time. So, guys, Lemon Smoothie, you know? And I tell you, because I'm a, I, I'm a stats guy, I fucking love stats, baby, I am so obsessed with this app. Like I'm going through all my trips. I, I look at all my logs to see where I did what. It's fucking fantastic. Sure. People are, you know, staring at me like I have 10 heads when they drive past going, really? When you see a cop, though, and you're driving around like this, you feel like they're your friend. You know, like I nodded at a cop the other day. I'm just sup because, dude, you could follow me around. They say air aircraft patrolled. In lots of areas on the highway, you know, you think you think you got a straight shot. There's no cops around. You can zoom around all you want. Uh, it's only one lane. There's no way they can find you or see you. But they say, "Hey, we're your air aircraft patrol, motherfucker. There's a there's a drone or a plane up here somewhere, and we could be we could catch you at any moment." But I'm nodding at that cop, going, "You follow me around all week, fella, and you will see I am one goddamn law-abiding citizen." saving a thousand dollars a year or more who knows so you know there's that right and i was going to tell you about the wedding uh lovely wedding aesthetically pleasing but um i knew we were in for the long haul from the very beginning because we show up to the church 30 minutes late to start and uh but how about this so the uh, All the bridesmaids, they walk down. All the groomsmen are standing up there. The husband-to-be is also standing. And they're waiting. And it's been like, a long delay before the bridesmaids start walking up. It's, like I say, 30 minutes, right? And they all walk up. And they're ready to go. And they start playing that fucking Pachelbel's cannon. You know, the, you know that wedding march shit. So, um, which everybody chooses. But I, I get it. Tradition. Go ahead. And um, these people. though not these people. This lady. She comes running out. And she's doing like the the throat cut sign. You know, the cut it off type of thing. To the band. Or the cello player or whatever the fuck was playing it. And uh, and then you hear them murmuring like, Well, something's <laughs> going on. Did she lose? And... We're all wondering, has the bride changed her mind? And we all said, and by we all, I mean my wife and the two people we were sitting next to. Why we wouldn't want to see it happen at this particular wedding. If you were ever at a wedding where the bride just left the guy at the altar and she just fucking took off and she got on a horse with Julia Roberts or some shit. Like, you'd be like, that is exciting. That is a fucking story and a half. Right there, you know what I mean. As long as she didn't jump in the car with me, because she's not getting away fast. We're we're accelerating slowly. Oh, that's another one they ding you on. Uh, if you uh, accelerate too fast, they don't like that shit. They will they will dock you points hard for that. So those are the three things. That's what. I, and so I'm such a smooth driver now. You know, I always thought I was smooth, but no sir, no sir, I'm like shaft smooth now. I'm like Billy D. Williams, smooth. Speaking of that, uh, that fucking Donald Glover man, he's taking over the world. Playing, uh, he's playing uh, Billy D. Williams when he was young. What's that guy's name? I don't know. The guy from Star Wars. Anyway, that fucking kid. I tell you what, guy writes on Thirty Rock when he's a, almost a teenager. Critical acclaim for his writing on 30 Rock. Goes off stars and leaves 30 Rock to star in Community, a ridiculously acclaimed series. You know, does stand-up comedy on the side, gets his own one-hour special. Been rapping the entire time, apparently, under the Childish Gambino name, which is his name for, uh, what? what's it called? Uh, somebody just saw me do this fucking podcast. Hold on. Should have sat in the back seat, guys, with the tinted windows. It's just the reason I'm in the front, all right? Even though I have talked about the benefits of being in the back for a situation just like this, I figured I might need to turn the car on. I might break down and get too sweaty and turn on some air conditioning. So I figured I'd sit in the front. Now I'm, oh, now I'm paying for it with that red embarrassment, you know, or... You know where it feels like you are You got bugs crawling down your forehead? Hot bugs? That's that's how I get when I'm embarrassed. Oh. Fucking guy he looked right out the window. Then he took a swig of some kind of soft drink. That's not on the... Can't do that soft drink on the keto diet. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you the keto diet. I uh, just watched a documentary on that shit. My brother is doing it and his wife... Um, so I'm going to the ketone, the keto. I don't know what it's called. And, uh, you want to go into a state of ketosis where you're burning fat in your brain. I'll talk about that in a second. I'll get back. I'll get, I'll get back to that. But I want to talk about the wedding. All right. Uh, I not exactly sure where I left off before I became extremely upset about Seeing somebody here. Oh, here comes another fucking car. Honest to God. What is with this place? I think, I think I'm going to have to turn this car on. I'm too hot. Especially now with the embarrassment sweats. Jesus H. Christ. You know what? Who cares about these people? Am I right? I'm doing my own thing. I'm allowed to record a podcast in my car. Aren't I? Stupid people. Anyway, the wedding. Jesus H. Christ. Uh, so it's a long, a long start to the wedding. What happened was the bride wasn't running away. It was the the photographers. They weren't in place. Now, I don't know if it was their fault or they were following the bride around or some shit. But anyway, they had to run in and set up. And so the lady who did the cutthroat symbol, she she wanted all the bridesmaids to come back. So we fucking did it again. We started the whole goddamn thing again. And I said to my wife, we're we're here forever. And then the ceremony. The church was lovely. You know, uh had all those, you know, pictures of saints on the ceiling. You know, the ones where they look like they're all, I don't know, zombies. Zombies who are Vomiting. I don't know that's what they that's the way they used to draw up saints, I guess, back in the day. And uh the the ceremony itself, it's just it was it was Christian, you know? So I figure I know how that shit goes, right? I was raised Roman Catholic, I was been to church more times than I can fucking count. Church every Sunday, right up until when I was like twenty four years old. Or no, I think I gave up when I was about eighteen. But anyway, a lot of church. Whole mess of church. Who knows how many times I got touched by priests. You repressed that shit. You don't know. So I figure I know how it's going to go. I was wrong. It was singing. It was just fucking singing. Just singing. I uh, my wife told me it was Arabic. I I assumed it was Latin. And uh, she said, no, it's a Lebanese church, so they're, they're, they're chanting in, in Arabic. And I was like, ah, well, either way, I don't know what the fuck is going on. You know, I it's not like I want to be at church, but I expect to hear a little wisdom, a little parable. You know, maybe uh, give us a little advice there, priestie, about marriage and, and what it takes and, you know. Oxen tilling the fields and the and the, the man and the wife together to survive the famine. Something. But no, just a hollow. And then there was also, I think, a French guy there. I don't know why they had two priests. I, I think she was she's French. And I think that what well, well, that's why she had a, a French speaking priest as well. But he was also singing. And I'm assuming Latin because it certainly wasn't English, and I don't think it was French, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't Arabic. So the point is, I don't know what they promised. I don't know what the priest said. And it was a long, like, headaches worth of singing. Just, but hey, man, you know, most marriages end in divorce. Maybe the ones where they chant, maybe those ones succeed. What do I know? But I did know it was going to be long, and I felt like this doesn't bode well for the reception. Because remember, we got a toddler. We have this little boy, okay? And you're saying, what did you do with him? Did you leave him in the car? Because, you know, the Volvo was pretty comfortable. No, you can't do that. That's illegal. We left him with my brother and his wife in Ottawa, and they had to put him to bed. And it was the first time anyone's ever put him to bed that wasn't me or my wife. So we were terrified about it. And he always wakes up in the night, especially when we're, we're visiting. And uh, so what we decided was the, the wedding was about, the reception itself was only about an hour and a half away from my brother's house. So we decided we'll leave the kid with my brother. They'll put him to bed. We'll do the wedding. We'll do the reception. We'll drive back. We, we'll skip the dancing part of the reception because, let's face this, who who wants to see me dance right so we'll we'll drive back well maybe 10 10 p.m. we'll stay for the dinner maybe we'll do a little dancing at about the 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 reception starts at 6 about 10 we'll we'll clue it up right cuz you figure 6 6 to 8 maybe to 8:30 maybe even to 9 they'll be serving dinner having some speeches and then from 9 to 10 do a little dancing fucking boom get out of there be home by about 11:30 before the kid even Wakes up and knows we're gone and starts wondering why we abandoned him. But the fucking thing, I tell you. Oh, guys, listen, if you're out there and you're planning a wedding, let me say this. And don't get me wrong. Lovely wedding. Thanks for inviting me. However. You got to You got to cut down those those speeches, man. The number of speeches and er everything. Everything was a little long. Like, they they did the introductions of the bride and groom and the party. And so, at first, so when the the dude, the husband, his parents were introduced first, you know, and they played, and the parents danced. Like, they came in, you know, like, you know what they do? They say, everybody, let's rev it up. Let's welcome in the wedding party. First, the father and mother of the 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 groom. And then they introduce those people to like fucking basketball music. And they come in dancing. All right? And then you're like, oh, this is cute. Look at the old people out dancing. Oh, that's all laugh and clap. And I'm like, hey, we're laughing and clapping a long time. Dance Individual- to the whole fucking song. Probably five minutes. And that was the first of a giant wedding party. Each other, each pair came in and like did a full. Dance to a full song, so we're we're killed like a half hour on intros, and then they start. Then they have they have co-hosts, right? the The brother of the bride and the sister of the groom, and uh, then they they and then, in order to get the bride and groom to kiss, people had to get up and sing a song. Very musical themed wedding. They had to get up and sing a song, but people would sing the whole fucking song. Most songs are five or six minutes. So people are just singing away and then the speeches are going on. And uh some of the speeches they were long. So anyway, bottom line is lovely wedding, thanks for having me. But it was 11 fucking pm. It was 11 pm. And they the bride and groom were still speaking. They were doing their their thank yous. 11 P.M. 6 p.m. Now, listen, guys, for those of you who know the bride and groom who listen to this podcast, if the bride and groom are listening to this podcast, what I'm going to say to you is this probably wouldn't have been an issue for me, except I have a toddler at home. I need to get back to him. Before it gets crazy late, because remember, I'm going to be driving on the highway in the middle of the night in Canada, where moose love to just hang out and cause havoc. You know, so I'd like to get back before three a.m. And so that's why the time was so fucking oh. And me, and my wife, we were just sitting there going, "I, I just it started at six, we just, just no, who would have thought?" And we left, all right? We, we didn't see a cake cutting. We didn't we didn't see a father uh, daughter dance. We didn't even see the bride and groom's first dance. When the bride and groom were announced for their first dance at 11:05 pm, we bolted. We ran like fucking jackrabbits being let out of a cage. Jesus Christ, and then on the way home, I got a 96 score on the app. So pretty good. Pretty good end of the story. 96. And you were talking about a drive, you know, hour and a half drive. That's pretty fucking good. And God knows they ding you the points for the late night, right? And the, uh, and the length of drive. So I had a perfect, I, I drove perfectly. Per- I'm perfect. So that's uh, that was pretty much my week. And now I'm going back, going back to Ottawa on Saturday, but this time for work. I have shows. I have two shows on Saturday, and I was staying with my brother. He's like, why don't you just fucking stay here? You know? You've already been here a week, and now you're going to leave on a Tuesday, and then you're going to come back on Saturday? Why don't you just stay? And now I'm like, oh, we should have stayed. My wife... And I thought she'd be like, no, I wanted to go back. she was like, yeah, we probably should have stayed. I could have worked from Ottawa. It's like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. That's $95 in gas. Back and forth to Ottawa. Yes, even driving conservatively. That's $95 full dollars. So what are you going to do, guys? I make, I make poorly timed decisions. You know? I think that's the moral of this fucking thing. Oh, and also, I'm going to say this. My cat my my super of the building. He's a super super, as he calls himself, because he's a jocular man. And uh, he was taking care of the little puss-puss. We, he was our only option. My my friend Daryl Purvis, who lives across the street, great comedian Daryl Purvis, he usually takes care of the cat, but he was off gallivanting with his girlfriend in like, I, I don't know, Belarus? I don't know where he was. Somewhere. And um he wasn't available. So we asked her super, and he was kind enough to look in on the cat. He's looked in on her before. You know, he always changes her litter, uh, does the food, does the water, sits with her for a while, goes above and beyond. But when we got home, there was a uh, hole in the fucking uh, what, screen at the window at the patio. Now, when my cat is out on the patio and she wants to get in, she will poke her little claws at the, uh, at the screen saying, guys, let me in. You've closed the door, you dumb fucks. Let me in. You know, it's because sometimes we keep the door closed, but with the screens on, you know, because you don't want flies just coming in in the summertime. We live in Canada. You don't want fucking uh, nippers, as they call them in Newfoundland, mosquitoes to normal people. You don't want those guys coming in, giving you West Nile virus. So the cat, she can't just magically walk through the screen. She can't open the door, so she has to like plunk, plunk. She plays her little uh, little harp to come in. Dink, 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 guys, let me in. So there's a giant hole in the screen, shredded, which means only one thing. She was on that patio long enough to rip that screen open trying to get somebody to let her in. And I don't know what to fucking do with that. All right? My super's a super nice guy. No pun intended. And I'm sure what happened was an accident. And I'm sure he didn't mean to leave her out on the patio for an extended period of time. But I need to know what happened. I mean, she's still alive. She's fine. She seems okay. You know? But I'd like to know how long she was outside. Was it a day? Was Was it an hour? You know, poor little fucking puss cat. And how do you bring that up? Because, A, he's the super of your building, right? So you got to keep a good relationship with him. And, B, you know, he was kind enough to take care of the cat, and you may need to call on him again. I don't think we will. You know, I I can't see a situation where I'm going to ask him to look after the cat again when seemingly he stranded her on our balcony. Luckily, like, there's pigeon wire and shit on our balcony. She can't get off it. You know what I mean? And she has her cat tree out there and some toys and shit. And it's nice weather right now in Canada, relatively speaking. So it wasn't the end of the world, but she was trapped out there without food and water for I don't know how long. And I don't know how to bring this up. And I'm not even sure how mad I'm supposed to be about it. You know? Everything seems okay. But, yeah. You know, that's not cool. Right? But maybe it wasn't as bad. Like, our cat is a bit of a psycho sometimes. Maybe if she was just left out there for 20 minutes, she shredded the fucking thing, Go, where are you? Where are you? You know, having the extra anxiety of us not being there, maybe she just shredded it fast. And he just stepped out. Or maybe he went to the bathroom, took a smash, took a big old dump, you know? And he came back, he was like, fucking cat, right? But he hasn't mentioned it to us. So I think we're going to have to bring it up. And that makes me uncomfortable. But, guys, you got to look out for your animals. You know what I mean? You got to find out if they get trapped outside. You got to drive back to them if they're going to wake up in the middle of the night, even if you're at a goddamn wedding all fucking day. There's no time to be going to sleep in the hotel room. You just you have a sip of coffee and you drive your Volvo very cautiously and very smoothly back to your brother's house. And then you leave the next day for no reason when you should have stayed. Man, oh, man, I got to get better at making decisions. Speaking of that, I'm going to decide to go upstairs right now, get out of the sweltering heat of this car. Are you proud of me, guys? Didn't turn on the car. Not one fucking time. All right? Sure. Lost half of my body weight in water, sweating out through my pores, but, uh, don't give a shit, right? Saving money. Thanks so much for listening. This is Mark Joseph Bennett. We'll talk to you again soon. Oh, guys, wait! I got—I I just turned the recorder back on because I forgot that I was supposed to talk about this goddamn keto diet. So I—I—I I, I didn't check my list. I know. I should have. But I will talk about it next time. I got lots to say. I can't do it all. I've already had like a 55-minute podcast. I can't talk about, can't just shoehorn it in at the end. All right? Next podcast, I'm going to yammer on about the old keto diet. Oh, it's fascinating, guys. Just, uh, oh, if you want to have a uh, frame of reference, watch The Magic Pill on Netflix. And then we can have a nice discussion. All right, that's it. Okay, see ya.